need to be over. You know, there's no way as owners, operators, and managers, you should subject your employees to be, you know, treated inappropriately just because someone is the customer. And, and uh, a good employee and a happy employee will upsell more, you know, they'll service more customers, you know, they'll provide a better guest experience. So if you can eliminate them from even having those types of interactions by doing some of the things that I talk about in my book, your operation not only will eliminate the bottom 10% of customers that take up the most amount of expenses, but it will also keep your employees from having to deal with people that treat them poorly in management that never has their back. This is the Transform You Live show, the only show where you make real life and business transformation hires and the power of optimism, hope, and faith. You may want to tune in every Wednesday to get your ounce and your dose of new transformation only right here on the Transform You Media Network. Follow us on Instagram at Transform You Live Show. That's Transform the Letter You Live Show. Concerts and events, uh, as well as some, some great buildings in historic Ebor City, and uh, I just wanted to pass some of the knowledge that I have on to my operators uh, as I, you know, progress in my career. Yeah, you, you've been doing this for 20 years now, so you have seen it all, man. Um, and I, I guess the big question is like, why now? You know, why you know decide to like put out a book and you know, kind of both of the kind of thing. Yeah, well, you know, I have a, a different way of thinking than traditional, you know, corporate hospitality, and that's what's partly led to my success and, and my ability to be able to operate so many buildings and have so many amazing quality staff members. And uh, I just wanted to share some of those ideas with people because it's things that we don't talk about yet happen all the time in our industry. So if you are not a bartender, server, you know, restaurant manager, you might not realize the things that they have to deal with. And it's hard for somebody who sits way up in a high corporate structure who has no idea about current trends and, you know, what's happening basically on their front lines and, and how to, how to teach how to mitigate some of those circumstances and, and how to prevent, you know, your business from being at risk, you know, liability wise and financially. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, man. And, and, and we're going to talk a lot about, like, some of the trends still in a little bit here. And, and just kind of, like, hold it back a little bit, especially when you talk about the corporate heads. Uh, their, their, their favorite line is, like, the customer is, uh, is always right. And I, I find it kind of ironic that you titled the book, Why the Customer is Not Always Right. You know, maybe speak to that a little bit. Yeah, so my... Yeah, so my uh, my book in stores now. Uh, get a copy of it. Why the customer is not always right. Uh, it it's a little bit confusing about the title, but it does talk about how to get rid of bad customers so you can focus on the good ones. And it talks to, about how to look for signs and trends and be able to prevent those types of customers from feeling welcome in your establishment by doing a few different tricks that maybe corporate might not think is okay. 
but these types of things are what is needed to combat bad customer behavior. You know, as businesses are exposed to it more and more, you know, trying to eliminate those customers from consuming your bottom line because margins are so slim with the cost of goods uh, and inflation on the rise. The margins for bar, restaurant, nightclub owners have become very, very small. So trying to mitigate this environment in a way where you can, you know, almost nickel and dime your entire, you know, operation. But that's what's needed in in today's business world for the hospitality industry. Yeah, I mean, with, with, with the, the pandemic especially, uh, we've seen a, 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 lot of, a lot of doors closed, uh, you know, a, lot of, a lot of people laid off, uh, and I, I think with what you're bringing out and going out here, I, I think it's going to be very helpful. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe kind of like this, this data a little bit, you know, how... Uh, COVID may may have kind of like uh, kind of swing the pendulum a little bit, you know, or, or maybe like you know, before COVID was was this whole idea like of like you know uh, how treatment of uh, staff, how customers like uh, behavior wise were versus now like kind of the contrast between. Yeah, no, absolutely, and. Luckily, there's been some light shed upon it, and, you know, this is partly the reason for my success is having good staff, and I have good staff because I go to bat for them in tough situations, you know, and and the days of tolerating horrible customer behavior on behalf of your employee, you know, really need to be over. You know, there's no way as owners, operators, and managers, you should subject your employees to be you know, treated inappropriately just because someone is the customer. And and uh, a good employee and a happy employee will upsell more, you know, they'll service more customers, you know, they'll provide a better guest experience. So if you can eliminate them from even having those types of interactions by doing some of the things that I talk about in my book, your operation not only will eliminate the bottom 10% of customers that take up the most amount of expenses, but it will also keep your employees from having to deal with people that treat them poorly and management that never has their back in a, in a tough situation. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, um, but without, like, the guidance and experience, I think that, that becomes a very hard thing to see. Um, and it really does take a guidance and have an experience to uh, kind of, I, I guess what you call like, like to the streets almost. <laughs> yeah, no, and and it does, you know, it changes. Uh, you know, a lot of places don't make it within the first two years. A lot of places reconcept or you know redecorate every two years because of trends moving so fast in this industry. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, so like when we, when we talk about just uh, uh, some of the some of the trends uh, that like uh, has come around uh, to uh, maybe kind of reshape the industry, you know, since this COVID. Um, like for example, like you know, uh, 
there's a, there's a big push, you know, uh, now for like, um, you know, like, there's a big push, big push for like hygiene. People like are very concerned about hygiene, you know. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, that's something that's been a priority to me in my operation long before COVID. You know, for it's at least since 2010, I started taking it very seriously and only hiring people who have good hygiene and, and you know, clean up after themselves and have a clean work area. Um, and not for any other reason, but, you know, that type of person who's more organized and who cares more about their own cleanliness in their own area will make sure that what they serve to the customer is clean and of higher quality. So it's something that, you know, I myself have been doing for a long time. Um, you know, and that's tough because a lot of staff members get eliminated from opportunities, you know, because they showed up in a dirty shirt. But we work in a business with, you know, germs and food. And, you know, if you can't show up clean to an interview, then, you know, we already know that you're going to have poor hygiene products, you know, over and over and over again. Yeah, that seems like it's the same as the new marketing messages uh, for a lot of hotels, especially. That uh, you know, when, you know, when it comes to like you know kind of uh, communicating that to like guests, uh, I think a lot of the, I think a lot of that is an excuse to try charge extra for the same cleaning. But <laughs> yeah, I think it is too. Yeah, I think it is too. Uh, I agree with that. Yeah, but but what though? So, but like. Uh, one thing is not really addressed and really not talked about is like you know with, with customers that like you know that just you know just, just not not that you know uh, that clean or not that hygienic you know. I mean, I, I I actually touch on this a little bit in the in the book and only a small amount. And uh, even if you go to McDonald's, it says no shirt, no shoes, no service. Yeah. So as the establishment proprietor or operator or owner, you have the right to refuse service to whoever you want. So um, even if you don't have a dress code, you can still have a dress code because, you know, like I said, even McDonald's has a dress code. People are expected to appear in certain places dressed in certain ways. And you can use this to you know, curtail your establishment a little bit for the type of desired customer that you want. And, uh, you know, use it to keep unhygienic looking people from coming inside, you know, and, and that's the tough part is, you know, finding out problems at the front door when people are walking in, training the hostess, you know, the door, you know, security guy to look for these types of things and to be able to spot them and just turn people away. And, uh, Makes your place more exclusive, you know. And I have a, I have a, a saying that I, I tell a lot of my staff, and that is, uh, when in doubt, turn them about. And that means if, if you have to question, would, uh, would, would Adam appreciate me allowing this person who may be too intoxicated from coming inside? And jeopardizing the entire liability of the establishment because this person's already drunk. If you have to ask yourself that question, then just turn them away. You know, 
if you're unsure, then you're then that is an answer. And uh, I just think that creating a safer environment is more important and more conducive, you know, than having that extra customer or two or three that might be on the borderline of creating a disturbance in your place or, you know, being, you know, unhygienic or, you know, having repeat issues with the same person over and over again. You know, it might be time to just break up with that customer. And I have a free quiz inside the book. All the way at the back, it says, is it time to break up with your customer quiz? Okay. And it lets you know. Uh, yeah, I think it's like only four or five questions, so it's not too not too long. And it just asks you uh, a few things about a problem customer. And if you go through and you answer those, it will tell you, based on your answer, what you should do with that customer. And uh, I think it can be applied to a lot of situations. That's real good, man. Cause like, cause, cause like uh, again, just talking about profit margins, like you know, and, uh, because like if, if you're getting customers like that, you know, you, you can expect you know tips that's not going to be non-existent, like a little to non-existent, and and um, you know, but when you're getting some quality client, uh, client clientele and customers who you know really uh, you know put their best foot forward, you're going to put their best foot forward to the pocket of too. Yeah, absolutely. Really good advice, man. See, 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 guys. <laughs> you know, so as I talk to the invisible audience who's listening or watching, you know, so uh, a lot, 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 um, a lot of things has changed uh, in this era and the COVID era, and um, I, I think that's one of those things that's never going to go away. But um, uh, even with the influx of telephone and online orders. Uh, do you talk about that at all, or you know, um, you know, because like it seems like that has become a part of the job because like many restaurants and establishments are offering that that food uh, the, the delivery home option now, that F&B mm-hmm. option now. Yeah, no. So uh, that home delivery service has saved this industry in a lot of ways. You know, it's. Uh, the expenses that go into operating a building, most people don't understand. You know, you know they don't get that. Uh, my rent payment for one location is over ten thousand dollars a month. My light bill is twenty five hundred to forty five hundred dollars a month. My water bill is fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars a month. You know, so my payroll forty thousand dollars a month. You know, and that's just one location. So. Uh, that's a lot of drinks you have to sell at $10 a piece and burgers that you have to sell at $10 a piece in order to make that kind of money back long before you make a profit. And then if along the way you have horrible customers that are complaining about food over and over and over again that you know is right, that are creating disturbances and causing you to comp food or, or you know, uh, even issue gift certificates for comeback, I mean, you know, whatever it takes to please other customers who just got caught up in the incident. I mean, that's that that's that much harder you have to work in order to get to that break even point. And big corp, you know, big corporations uh, have a formula that's figured out uh, where they can do it kind of kind of easily. But smaller mom and pop restaurants they fight every month 
they literally fight every month for survival. And some months they make a bunch of money, and some months it costs them ten thousand dollars to be there. You know, people don't understand how how heavy of a burden it is for these sole proprietors and these individual restaurant owners and these operators, and and sometimes even the pressure that's put on, you know, general managers and operators by big corporations for stores to turn a profit, but yet still have outdated principles on how to deal with horrible customers. So, you know, they're they're forced to be responsible, but not given the tools they need to make the changes needed to, to give them the profit margin needed for that location. So, so uh, I think this book is, I had a much longer book, and uh, it was very informative, and it was hard to navigate if you weren't like a restaurant or nightclub or bar owner. So I, I broke it up into three pieces, and this is the first of three. Uh, but it gives you some of the most important information, I think, in a very streamlined version because owners, operators, hospitality people are busy. You know, so it's it's uh, it's only 75 pages long. It's definitely something that, that you can read in a single afternoon. Uh, and in addition to providing quality information, real-world information that people can use. It also gives some sub-stories from a hospitality bartender server group that I have that correlate with some of the messages that I'm talking about. And so it gives some examples from people in real world that kind of go hand-in-hand with some of the messages that I'm conveying in a a little bit more funny, real-life glimpse into the life of a bartender or a server that's on the front line dealing with these types of things. Yeah, that's it, man. You know, I get a lot of a lot of executives and, uh, and a lot of managers like oftentimes, you know, uh, are stressing, like, you know, and, like, you spoke to um, the pressure of, like, having to innovate to turn the dollar and, uh, you know, trying to figure it out and you know um parents you know like um what was some of the ways that, that you, you know, kind of like uh, on a on a month month basis maybe at the beginning or the end of the month kind of reevaluate things kind of picked off so just a little bit of advice for you know down there yeah i mean uh as an operator you're always uh, under pressure about your labor cost percentage, your cost of goods percentage, you know, your how much you spent on your marketing versus how much you made, you know, and just constantly trying to stay within a certain financial formula, right? Uh, the only one that you can really control is your cost of goods. Your labor cost you can kind of control, but if you want growth, you have to staff for the business you want, not for the business you have. So what I tell most owners and operators that are having trouble meeting certain percentages is make more money. Figure out a way to make more money. You know, if you want this many people on staff, if this is the amount of people it takes to make the building safe, then you have to figure out a way to make more money. You know, you can't, you know, if you... Uh, running a nightclub, you can't cut security because then you, you know, create unsafe environments if something was to happen, you know. So you just have to figure out a way to make more money. And uh, 
That's the key to solve all of your labor cost problems, all of your marketing problems, and it's not an easy solution. You know, uh, I said this in a speech just recently. Uh, I said, do you know how we get that 1,000 people in a club? One person at a time. Everybody has a, a relationship with the majority of the people in the building, even though it doesn't seem like that. You know, if you have a staff of 25 people, you know, and they all have a personal contact with 10 of those people, you know, that's 25% of your entire party has a personal connection, you know, and that's the type of base that it needs in that type of setting. And, and the percentage is even higher in a, in a restaurant setting that's doing well. If you're providing amazing customer service to your guests, that guest is not only coming back to your establishment, but they're coming back to sit in your section, to sit at your bar on your ship. You know, so the hospitality employees that realize this, they provide amazing customer service from a point of selfishness. And they should do it from a point of selfishness because that customer will follow them if they leave and go to another bar. So, and if you provide an amazing work environment, that employee will never want to leave. So, you know, it all kind of works hand in hand. So the better relationships that these employees of bars are providing for the customers that come in, the more value the customer has when they come back to your establishment, because now not only are they having a good meal, but they're having a great experience with somebody that they know that they're familiar with that knows what type of wine they like or knows, you know, what their menu preference is or how they like to specially order it, you know. You can kind of tailor every single interaction, even when you're serving thousands of people individually. You know, I think that's the key to real hospitality success. I like that, man. Uh, that really does put the hospitality in hospitality. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that's what it should be. You know, so that's right. great, man. Um, you know, while while we edit, you know, and we'll switch tracks here just a little bit. You know, um, you know, you uh, got a got an awesome YouTube uh, channel. Um, you know, it, it has pretty successful and, and growing at this time. And um, you know, maybe talk tell us a little bit about it and you know uh, what you guys got going on. Yeah, I'm very excited for my son. He's uh, seven years old. We have a channel called Paul's Cards and Games on YouTube. Uh, we started it this year. Maybe it's been about a year or so. And there's about two, 200,000 views so far across all the videos. So uh, a lot of people have been sharing some of his, you know, content. And, and uh, it's been cool. And I think it has to do with the amount of Pokemon cards that we open. We open some pretty expensive Pokemon packs and, and cards. And um, so it's interesting. I think a lot of people want to see the pack ratio of what some of those giant hits are so we'll open up you know 20 boxes of a particular kind and then do a recap of all the cards that he was able to pull out of there so it's that's kind of interesting for people that are into that world yeah i got i got a i got two sons that's going to love that channel so (laughs) So i got i got two new subscribers coming your way Thank you, and they're thank gonna, you. They're going to binge all of that. So, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah that, that's incredible, man. You know, you got to start them up early. And, and you know, you're doing some incredible work out there. Um, definitely appreciate you. And, um, you know, um, we appreciate your son, too, uh, for, you know, uh, for giving us the content. So, uh, great, man. You know, so, like, uh, you know, if people want to 
you know, pick up the book and if they you want to get into the you know, how, how do they do that? Yeah, so the book's available on Amazon. Uh, why the customer's not always right. Adam Evans links to my author page on there. Uh, you can also find information about me on LinkedIn, LinkedIn uh, slash Adam B. Evans. Uh, feel free to message me, connect with me. I'd love to talk to people about their current operation. You know, they can send me different scenarios. Uh, I won't publicize them. I'm happy to keep it private. Uh, just LinkedIn message. I'm very approachable. And uh, let's chat. And and, and uh, how about your son's channel? Uh, uh, what's the name of the channel again? Yeah, uh, Paul's Cards and Games on YouTube. So no website or any social media for him yet. He's uh, only seven, so I didn't want to get him started down that rabbit hole. But uh, on YouTube, uh, a channel that I control, uh, Paul's Cards and Games. Yep. Okay. Outstanding. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you, you got it. You know, um, make sure you hit those plugs. We're going to have those in the episode description down at the bottom left or right, however you're watching or viewing or listening. Uh, you make sure you check this out and replay it back a couple times, 15 times, if you must. And then share it with someone you know, someone you don't know, as it does help further the message. Uh, this is uh, one of the shows that you know you can catch all the time weekly. Uh, make sure you hit the subscribe button, link uh, this wherever you can link it to, uh, and also hit us with a comment. Comments are appreciated. We would like to know your thoughts, and you can ultimately hit those comments directly to my good friend Adam here, and he'll be able to respond to you directly on his LinkedIn page. Again, I'm Marcus Hart. Until next time, many blessings, peace, and lots of love. We are done for today.